Let's spread a song so you can sing along with one special guest star or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a bestie of the pod. She hasn't been on in a while, but she's back now to talk about the season, the series finale of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It's Lauren Gismondi, everyone! Woo! Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here. Yay! <laughs> I'm sincere. Why are you laughing at me? It sounded sarcastic. I oh. think I saw an eye roll. <laughs> oh, that's just my face. I can't help it. I'm a bad actor in that regard. I have no control over my facial expressions. It's, it's true. We've known each other for a blobbity do years. So, mm-hmm. uh, and as I said in your intro, we're here to talk about season four of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Uh, are. Showrunners are still Rachel Bloom and Eileen Brosh McKenna. Music and lyrics by Rachel Bloom, Adam and Adam Schlesinger. Uh, season four, the first episode premiered October 12th, 2018. And the last episode aired April 5th, 2019, before the world shut down. Correct. So they were... Is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend a witch? Did they know? They knew, right? (laughs) I mean, I guess technically in a way, yes, because they had the whole show planned out before they started filming, you know? You heard it here. Rachel Bloom's a witch. She knew about COVID before COVID was going to be a thing. I mean, her character does become agoraphobic briefly in this season, so there is that. True. So, okay, this season... So much happens. Like, um, it's basically a love quadrilateral, if you will. Because there's, because Greg comes back, played by Skylar Aston this time, which I love that they, they, they draw attention to it by, by not drawing attention to it from the other characters. <laughs> uh, and then we've got Nathaniel. Nathaniel and Josh still trying to go after Rebecca. And the penultimate episode where they're where they do the dates, the three dates and everything. Mm-hmm. I was just like, this never this would never happen in real life. That's why it's musical fantasy, John. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's like this is it, it can only happen in a fantasy. Um, and that's okay. And that's okay. Uh, what else? I mean, that's ba- like that's basically the buildup of this season is like, who's Rebecca going to pick? And then we'll not talk about the last episode right now. I want to hold off on that until closer to the end of these, this episode. But what did you think overall of this season? Um. Okay. I may have an unpopular opinion. Um, (laughs) Let's start there. Um, I think they were trying to stuff 10 pounds of rice into a five pound bag. Yep. That is honestly what I think. And it, I don't know if it was a question of logistics or, you know, what they worked out with the CW 
We'll never know. Um, but I honestly, that was my my biggest impression was like, wow, they crammed in a lot into 18 episodes. So it's kind of, I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about network television. So yeah, each episode's getting released a week apart, but it, that still is, I don't think even in real time, that wasn't enough. Gosh, I'm not making any sense. That wasn't enough time to absorb everything. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, Every season jam packs a lot into it. Uh-huh. And so, like I've been saying since episode one that Lauren, you're not aware of, I'm about to tell you right now, mm-hmm. we're not gonna get to everything. Just because right. we're we're just basically gonna broad stroke it and we're gonna talk about the music uh, more so in the next episode. But like I mean, the broad stroke of this season is basically who's Rebecca gonna pick as a suitor. Mm-hmm. or really like does she need somebody like that at all right now because she's just right. coming to terms with like the fact that she is has oh has been struggling with a mental illness almost her you know, her whole life right and sometimes when you're in that headspace where that's like you get this new bit of information right it can be really really tricky to kind of oh now i'm gonna throw another person into the mix and let's just see what happens well, because, like, okay, <laughs> in the world of the show, I want to say maybe a year has passed since she's gotten her diagnosis of being BPD. So it's still, I mean, that 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 is a lot of time, but it's also not a lot of time, especially with something like that, where you're like, okay, now I have to rethink everything, redo, re uh redo my whole life basically and i don't know i think obviously this is television this is a sitcom in a way um so they gloss over things (laughs) uh but i want to first start with just the names of the episodes because previously it's been focused more on the man of the moment uh where but i also i want to talk about the punctuation of this one because okay the first episode the first season it was exclamation marks mostly the second season it was question marks mostly the third season it was periods declarative sentence mostly and this season it's all I want or I have. So it's focused more on Rebecca as a character, but there is no punctuation. At least what I can see on Wikipedia. I'm pulling it up as we speak because I actually was looking at it today. Where I was like, ah, look at all of it. Let's see. And like, I'm only bringing that up because I thought it was very clever of the show. Um, Because like, I I don't know what they're trying to say with this season, but it seems like, like uh, I'm seeing, I need some balance. I could still work with you. I need a break. Uh, I need to find my frenemy. So it's not. Sure. I would also say that each of these statements, because that's what they are, right? Yeah. Um, I would say each of these statements don't necessarily only apply to Rebecca Bunch. True. I Because, I, yeah. So, um, like, because there's that ripple effect of her actions 
from the last three seasons and how they've affected each of the people in this circle of humans in West Covina and, you know, even her mother and, and, um, and Valencia and Beth in New York, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's something to think about too, is that I don't, as I'm looking at them, I don't think she's the only character who these sentences would apply to. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I'm also just what I, I, I'm also just curious as to what you think the lack of punctuation means. Well, okay, so <laughs> I go, I'll go Shakespearean for a moment here, oh. um, because that's where like, well, because so in Shakespeare, grammar and punctuation is extremely important, especially for the actor. Um, it tells you when to breathe, it tells you when the, there's an upswing in the voice and things like that. So when there isn't any, it means that the sentence continues. You know, just because the, the, there's an end in the quotation mark, it's the idea that there's like, it just keeps going, the idea. So like, you're saying that this is basically, you know that show Two Sentence Horror Stories? I'm where, very familiar with Two Sentence Horror Stories, yes. Where the basis of the each episode is the two sentences. Are you uh -huh. saying that this these statements is basically like the opening of whatever the episode's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because punctuation marks indicate a pause or an end to something, right? A period is the end of period, question mark, exclamation point, all ends of sentences, commas, semicolons, um, dashes are the idea that the idea is going to be that idea continues. So when we have nothing, you know, what does that kind of leave us with? Right, right, and I I see your point where it's like, uh, like I need to find my frenemy episode as an example. Mm -hmm. That could be Rebecca. That could be Audra. Yep, could be and, Nathaniel. Could be Trent. It could, <laughs> could be Trent. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, Trent is only in the one episode of this season. I know. I know. I'm just throwing out names now. <laughs> Um, so as a season finale, though, it, you could tell, though, that this was going to be the series finale because they were like, oh, we're definitely wrapping up these storylines, everyone. The one that comes to mind strongly is Paula, the, uh, the one that's centered around Paula and her mm. relationship with her sons when they're in the escape room. Yes. I was like, this is this is coming out of nowhere, everyone. <laughs> is it though? Because I think that there is enough set up earlier on to indicate that, you know, it's like you you get the seismic action knowing that the volcano is eventually gonna erupt. Yeah, but like also I'm I'm more so saying like, mm. oh, this is definitely the finale of this show because like, oh, we're learning more about um, like obviously she joked it's a joke throughout the whole series that Paula and her sons are different <laughs> opposite sides of the library yeah right but then we find <laughs> out that they that they secretly go to Ren Fairs and she doesn't know about it and you're like guys like you're somebody should a parent should know this I guess but I mean I certainly kept things from my parents. Right, but going to Ren Fairs every weekend? Well, I mean, let's just say that she's been distracted at best with Rebecca. 
and, and school and school and the fact that her husband has not been completely loyal to her yeah well he it's gains very back easy he does but i'm saying like i'm t- i'm talking like the big r yeah yeah this is a person who is just that's what wait, exactly what i'm gonna i'm sticking with it she is distracted at best Mm. when it comes to her own familial situations and when that song comes in which i I'll, i always never believed in you i'm like oh oh the sting <laughs> the honesty of it yes for sure but that that's a little bit that's a sting that, for, for, for everybody involved in the situation yeah yeah because it's like <laughs> uh we like the lyrics are just like oh my god if this was a monologue, it would be one thing. But I guess because it's a song and obviously where they're trying to also go for the comedy, it's it depends on tone <laughs> of of it. Uh, but what else? Ha- also this season. Oh, also this season, Rebecca starts a new job. That's right. She leaves her law firm. And opens Rebetzels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she also continues her her path of not really working. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's... Uh, I, I don't like to use the word denial, but there is a little bit of denial at play here, for sure, um, in being an adult. And I also think... Um, you know, then, then she finds her, she goes back to find her, her love of theater and things like that. And I, I wonder if these are just more distractions or is this, are these things that are actually helping her in recovery, you know? Well, so in the, sh- in the show, I believe they're supposed to be like on the cusp of 30, her, Greg, Josh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All, there, all... yeah, cause this is, this is what the 10 year uh, high school reunion yes so okay so that that puts them at 27 28 yeah and you're and i don't know about you but to get personal for a hot second like you know you start questioning things you're like oh i'm out of school now i'm in a, i'm really an adult i've been working for x number of years where am i going in life and everything and it's it's a little bit pippin if you will <laughs> to make a reference no it is it's it's it can be jarring yeah it can be jarring and overwhelming you know to face those bigger life questions which is what they're doing in that episode and like in in the last season we uh, like i said rebecca gets her diagnosis of bpd uh-huh. so that's like a weight lifted off of her shoulders in a way where she's like oh i can now understand myself more yeah and doesn't she say at one point that in this uh, at some point during this season the fourth season um that she doesn't know who she is without a man and i know josh goes through something similar where he doesn't know really who he is without rebecca or valencia yeah well well a big step for josh this season A big yes. step for Josh this season is that he goes to therapy. He sees Dr. Copian. That's right. That's right. They run into each other at the office. Yes, yes, which, yes. Which I find, I I don't know. I find this season more about growth and like personal yeah. journey. Yeah. And I would say grappling and owning up 
to past mistakes and past decisions because that's what a bunch of that's pretty much what almost all the characters has to have to kind of grapple with is like yes. it's, it's, it's very you know it's into the woods it's like okay we got the yes. act one but now we've made this bed and now you need to freaking lie, lay down in that bed and, and the, deal with the, with the mistakes that you've now made and the like the one episode that is proof of that is when mm-hmm. Uh, everyone is when the unlikely pairings happen. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out which one. Oh, it's uh, that's episode... the, isn't that a, her party? No, episode six. I see you, where um, uh, Paula goes to pick up a desk, uh, and Josh with Josh, yes, with Josh. Uh, Nathaniel gets picked up by Heather on the side of the road because uh-huh. uh, his car broke down and Rebecca and Daryl go to a a barbecue place. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yes. And so it's like, I feel like this season is more of a dramedy than just a comedy. Cause like you get episodes like this where they're delving into their characters more and you're like, Oh, these are great backstories that we're finally getting in season four. Well, why do you think that is? Because I th- I have a theory, but I'm curious what you think. I think it's supposed to, I mean, as much as I like to consider this show an ensemble show, I think, obviously, Rebecca is the forefront. And a lot of it has to do with her mental state, which is why we're doing it now. Happy Mental Health Awareness, everyone. Month. Help me... Take two. Happy Me- Mental Health Awareness Month. I'm keeping it all in. Uh, so I I think much like the titles that we talked about, um, we're we're following the personal growth of Rebecca. And so like the songs have a different tone. The episodes are different. Like the characters... Um, going through changes but in mostly a positive outlet um but yeah i think she's just like getting comfortable in life and like even though yes she did move out to west covina for josh when she finally admits it i think she truly found happiness and this is what is reflected of this episode of this season Mm Yeah, I would like, I agree. Thank you. Thank you for coming, for coming to my theory talk. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for inviting me to your theory talk. Yes. Sorry. (laughs) I'm not, but I'm a little sorry. I would also add that she's no longer as self-centered as a character. So we can delve into these other backstories because she herself isn't so Rebecca, sorry, Rebecca herself isn't so deeply entrenched in her yes. own doom spiral. Yeah, and that's so to we're happen... able to actually. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that starts to happen like mid season three. Yes, but I would say this is where it gets where, where I would say this is where like the meat of it is. Mm-hmm. Like see, the season three, because you know she's still kind of going through it with the lawsuit and being in jail and the mental hospital and all that jazz. Um, she is because she's become you know as you have said a year has gone by since uh, the initial her initial diagnosis. That this is the now we get to see that the growth of what the year a year of putting in the work has done, 
and she can be more aware of her friends and it's not all about using these people anymore to basically get what she wants and needs i mean that still does happen in a way but it's not as bad as it has been Sure. Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, because again, you're, when you become aware of these things, because when you're like in the weeds, when you're sick like that, it's hard to differentiate. It really is. So now that she's becoming aware and she's putting the work and, you know, the, and, that, and eventually this season we get into like the use of medication, um, it's, it creates a level of awareness that maybe wasn't there before. I think that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah, because like all the characters grow. Like yes. like um uh uh Valencia and Hector have ha- hashed it out. Um and like it I feel like also this is like the death of the bitchy side of Valencia. Yeah, yeah. But once that, hap- that once that happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um Heather's always perfect in my opinion. So <laughs> She's a great character. You she know? is a I great mean... character. Yeah. Uh, uh, Daryl also doesn't become so intense as he has been, which might be, I mean, we could also argue that a lot of these characters are seen as characters in seasons past because that's how Rebecca views them. Exactly. La Skylar Aston being cast. <laughs> Yes. I mean, I mean, I know that's because uh, Santino Fontana was in Tootsie at the time, and yeah, like, yeah, and like it was a, it worked out well, honestly, for everybody because that like that kind of allowed Skylar Aston to in turn get work elsewhere. You know, <laughs> this I'm serious. I mean, that's how I I'm certain that his work in season four of Crazy Ex Girlfriend led to two seasons on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Was this also, I can't remember, this was after he had the, his own show, right? I think this this was, yes, this was just after Ground Up. Okay. I think that's the name of the show, something with the word ground in it. Yeah, where he's like a, like he works at a tech company or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, I, I could, I, I understand. I mean, also the show laid the groundwork for Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist uh-huh. to happen. Yep. Um, but I think this might be a good opportunity to go into <laughs> have, uh, to go into my segment that I'm calling Notes from a Professional. Ooh, a professional. Yeah. Welcome back to another segment of Notes from a Professional. Beep, 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 beep. This is the last one, unfortunately, because there's only four seasons of this amazing show. Uh, Welcome everyone, Elnardo Martinez. Uh, he has been on the last three, uh, well, last three, he, last three seasons, uh, and here we are to wrap it all up. So this season, Rebecca's got her diagnosis. She's working really hard. How do you think they portray mental health this season? Yeah, I think they do a really good job of this in this season of showing. So Rebecca's kind of gotten her diagnosis diagnosis she's been in treatment um and they do a really good job of showing kind of the the phenomenon that I think people tend to fall into of like I'm starting to feel better I don't need this anymore 
right? So I don't need to be in therapy anymore because I'm feeling better. I can handle this on my own. And then kind of the, the, the too early of discontinuing therapy and kind of relapsing in some previous like um, maladaptive or negative behaviors. So I think they do a great job of showing that then how Rebecca kind of gets back on, I guess, maybe track. Are you, you're, there is that one episode that, um, where she wants to go, she wants to just go get some barbecue and not talk about her mental health journey or focus on meetings. Do you recommend at some point in somebody's like mental health journey to like just have a day like where they you know go out to a park or like don't like try to just live basically and not like focus so much on recovery yeah I mean I think I would say that almost like in everyone's life right I think there's definitely a balance that's important you don't want to like focus too much on recovery or too much therapy that you you don't end up like having a social life or living a life so I think there is a lot of benefit of like doing things, going places that don't necessarily involve your mental health or talking about therapy or talking about feelings, but just doing things that you generally enjoy. And one of the things that she mentions, and they also mentioned it last season, I forgot to ask you this. Uh, she gets assigned workbooks. Like what kind of, what are these workbooks about? Yeah, so these are pretty common. I think almost every diagnosis has a workbook. Um, that's kind of more specific to those symptoms. Um, you know, I I would assume if Rebecca's again Rebecca being diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, that she's likely working through um, books based on dialectical behavioral therapy, um, which is a type of cognitive behavioral therapy, kind of kind of branched off from it, um, that focuses on like mindfulness, on uh, being aware of like your behaviors. Um, of like using coping skills or distractions um, and really thinking about like the choices that you make. Um, So it teaches a lot of like crisis management skills. It teaches a lot of, you know, thinking through behaviors. Um, And so the workbooks probably go through um, those different stages and steps. So I keep asking this question and we know the answer now that (laughs) we know that Rebecca has BPD by now. Uh, is she still showing symptoms of it in this season? Yeah, I mean, we see that especially when she kind of kind of stops doing the work and then ends up in that night where she like kind of gets drunk, goes to Nathaniel's apartment and tries to hook up with Josh and then kind of hits hits rock bottom again, right? Like we see that that's a very like, kind of typical behavior to see of like she felt abandoned by this other person and so then she tries to go kind of make that up with other people um and so I think that's pretty typical of the diagnoses and um you know still throughout this the season she's not too sure of herself or confident in herself which is again kind of these feelings of inadequacy inadequacy in BPD um so she still has quite a, quite a lot of work to do uh you're talking about the song that happens, which is the the darkness, or yeah, hello, yeah, hello darkness, or the dark. It's just called the darkness. Which the darkness. does that portray um, somebody going through BPD? That song, like talking about the darkness of their mind. 
Yeah, I would say that one could really be, again, depression is kind of one of the symptoms of BPD. So I think the this song would likely be kind of resonate really well with anyone who's experienced depression, um, especially like chronic or recurrent um, in, in kind of how it feels and, and kind of what she's describing. Uh, there is a song actually in the next episode where it's when she, when Rebecca, uh, gets on uh antidepressants uh, the songs called antidepressants are so not a big deal i mean yes. true is that true absolutely true yes so many people are on antidepressants probably um some people's therapists some people's doctors like physicians anyone you encounter there's so many people who are on antidepressants i, I really love that song and i probably plan on sharing it with several clients and patients especially ones who are pretty hesitant to take medication because yeah so many people are like it's even primary care doctors describe uh, prescribe it at this point so it's not even like people are seeing a psychiatrist every time for it i mean last season there was a song called this Session's going to be different that dr Okopian sings and i'm pretty sure you probably have thought that every so often <laughs> yeah um okay paula time Let's get to Paula. Um, how is she? What do we uh, What do we think about her this season? Yeah, you know, in this season, I saw quite a bit of maybe like social anxiety in Paula, right? Like some anxiety around like interviewing and how she would be perceived by others. She was hiding a lot about like um, her graduation and like not wanting the attention on her. And she talked about how like birthdays too are something where she doesn't like that attention. Um, so again, she's not like avoiding people necessarily. And I wouldn't say like diagnoses, but like looking at what she's going through and how she's behaving maybe more towards the end of this, um, this season, but there was some of that like avoidance of having the attention on her. Um, and which character this season or actually the whole series. I mean, let's expand upon it because now we're done with the the series itself. Which character, besides Rebecca and Paula, because we focused mostly on them, uh, would mm-hmm. you s- recommend seek therapy or a treatment of sorts immediately? Yeah, I mean, I think in this season, we saw a lot of like the kind of challenges in people's like, even the people who seemed like established in their life. You know, I think there had seemed to be some like tension in Hector and Heather's relationship where I think some like couples therapy um, probably would have been a good situation for them instead of, you know, Heather flying off to Vegas to avoid. What? You don't recommend that? Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, I think they would they could benefit from it. Also in this season, we have, we finally understand, like they, t- they do kind of mention it earlier, but like we really understand the musical moments of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is there like a term it, in your knowledge to describe these fantasies that Rebecca experiences? Yeah, I mean, I would call them almost like disassociations. Right. Like she's kind of disassociating from her current like physical presence or where she is and kind of completely in some kind of other kind of fantastical musical um, scenario in her head. So, yeah, I think she's like and the way 
they kind of like have to call her attention back and people are like, hey, what's going on? Kind of sometimes even snapping at her is kind of something we might see in someone who's like disassociating um, from, you know, whatever they're going through in that moment. Yeah, it takes until the last episode to finally see it. Right. Yeah. Um, how would you diagnose this season? I think this season can skip a diagnosis. I think they did a really good job at like kind of wrapping things up at the end. I really appreciated that it wasn't like that she needed a relationship to be fulfilled or to be herself. Um, and that they really put in this kind of focus on, no, she needs to continue working on herself and being in treatment and doing therapy before, you know, considering such like a heavy relationship because for people with BPD getting into serious relationships can be really tricky um, again because of those feelings of abandonment and, and intimacy issues. Yeah they do talk about that in season three where she's mm-hmm. where she's unsure about going in relationships and everything but yeah. I believe Dr. Copain even just says something you said earlier where like you have to live your life. Yeah. Before we close off and finish off the series is there anything from the whole series that we didn't talk about that you want to like mention i don't think so i mean i think we hit like a lot of the main points again i think the the creators and especially rachel bloom um are really kind of big advocates for mental health um so i really just appreciated the depiction um in in media and tv about like accurate mental health there's so many shows, so many things we hear, people using words in the wrong way. Um, and I just really, I think this is a great depiction of, of what it actually looks like and, and people actually getting therapy and, and walking through that. Now, I know you can't, you haven't watched every show ever in the world because nobody has the time to do that. Even even during the pandemic when a lot of people were unemployed, <laughs> we didn't have the time to watch everything. But with this show in particular, do you feel like it, helped destigmatize like therapy and mental health and especially like people with borderline personality disorder or do you feel like there was another show prior to this that did that yeah no I mean I think this one is really one of the few shows that I've seen that actually like really digs deep into these into these topics and into diagnoses and mental health and and therapy and treatment and um, I think a lot of shows will say like, oh, there's this character who is depressed and, you know, they'll kind of use them as like the sad character or there's this character who's anxious and they'll use them as the avoidant character. Um, but I liked how this show really showed like kind of a true depiction that these characters are complex and generally there's not one thing that's contributed to their mental health um, and how a lot of the characters grew because they put like work into it and went to therapy and then talk through um, their feelings or what they were going through. They also say throughout the series that the, especially it's like the three men in Rebecca's life say that um, they, that she's helped them in a way. Mm-hmm. Is that in your opinion true? Or is it just that, um, I mean, is that like a mental health thing or is that just like a person more more personality thing that she's helping them with? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that's necessarily a mental health thing. I mean, I think the way that they depicted Rebecca in the show, um, that she was so open about it and honest about her mistakes. Um, and, you know, maybe not immediately 
aware that things weren't good choices, but also recognizing at times that relationships weren't the right choice or that, you know, it wasn't the time for her. Um, I think it was more of like those decisions that really helped some of those characters grow and understand more. Um, but I wouldn't say just mental health in general. I would just say how like they wrote the character, Rebecca. Well, Leonardo, thank you so much for doing this. I mean, it, I, I know I've learned a lot about myself, about the show, about mental health in general. Um, I don't, do you want to like plug your socials or do you want to like not? No, I don't have any like therapy socials. Great. Um, but no, I guess I would just lastly say that I think there, there's nothing wrong with reaching out for help or seeking therapy. I know it can definitely be tricky. And unfortunately, the way our system works, it can be a lot of work for people who are already struggling a lot. Um, but I think it's beneficial. I think even people who maybe necessarily aren't struggling so much um, could still benefit from, from therapy from time to time. Um, doesn't have to be rock bottom. It could be you're dealing with life stress. You want to be able to handle situations better. Like therapy is extremely helpful for a number of things. Are there some resources that you recommend like apps or like, I know that there's some apps and some other things, but like, is there a, a website that is like your go-to recommendation for people who are, are looking for help? Yeah, so I would say the NAMI or the National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI.org, um, is a great just like national organization um, that has a lot of resources and information on mental health, um, a lot of just like informational um, things. They also each kind of local state chapter of the organization has like support groups. Um, so maybe if like going to therapy is like a barrier or maybe you're not ready for something like that, um, support groups are help helpful uh, where you can just connect with people. They generally have like topics or leaders um, and it's a kind of a good way to, to build a community too. Perfect. Thank you so much for stopping by and I will see you soon, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you again, Eleonardo, for all those um, wonderful insider looks into things. So much insight. So many things learned. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, where did I want to go? There's so much that happened. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> 10 pounds of shit, five pound bag. Okay. I, th <laughs> I think, I think I want to pull the pin out and talk about the last episode because in the last episode, uh, like I said earlier, they define the songs and everything. And they, there's uh, we, we find out all these things and it's the culmination of everything where Rebecca picks herself like she wants to focus on songwriting and everything. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you I know we've done the live for this podcast. I know you've done other things, uh other projects uh where mm -hmm. other cabarets and things like that. It's difficult, right? I mean, I I can To get up like that, you mean? Yeah. I think so. Um and I will so in fairness, for those of you who aren't aware, uh, I work at the Lori Beachman Theater, which is um, a basement cabaret space in Manhattan. Um, I've been there for about six or seven months now. And I have seen a lot, a lot of 
one person shows in that time where people are getting up and they are, you know, and, you know, it's interesting because I'm going to be honest and say that it's not always done well. It's not. Sometimes it is group. It is people, you know, unleashing their trauma and all their feel, all their hurt feelings and getting paid for it. <laughs> so it is, it's, I will say like getting up there is, it can be difficult. Um, but I also believe it depends on your personality as you are when you're off stage, because much like drugs and alcohol, being on stage will exacerbate your personality. Imagine it bigger. <laughs> What? What, Lauren? I don't know what you're talking about, Lauren. <laughs> it's true. It's the same like when you're sick. You know, people who are not, who are cranky when they're healthy, it gets so much worse when they're ill. And people, you know, it's, it's so. In other words, these are things like whoever you are in your day to day life, that personality just gets you know magnified it, now, it, it only gets bigger when you put you know a spotlight on a person and quite have, literally and we have to add to the fact that she's not covering songs these are all she's writing songs mm-hmm. original songs do you yes. think because like it ends uh in such a way that like we don't see anything so we're now just speculating. Do you think, though, she's going to be singing the songs that we, the audience, have heard for the past four seasons? I mean, I would imagine probably not at first. Sometimes it's like, you know, when we're like talking about unpacking trauma, for example, you know, like going through our past histories. Sometimes when it's can be too much too soon. Mm. whereas that subject not to say that that so in other words like that could be material the material that we've heard in her head and things like that and heard the other characters singing i could see like that being something that comes out you know five ten years down the line but not immediately especially because when you're still coping in a lot of ways it's not always healthy to dive back in like that so soon you know but obviously Listen to a trusted healthcare professional and not some random actress on a podcast. Well, I'm just looking I'm just... at you, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Shots fired. I said what I said. Well, uh, well, so, and also in this episode, it's defined how she hears these songs. Mm-hmm. Where, I, as Elnardo says, it's disassociation, and you kind of yeah. they, they do it in, in a kind of jokey way, but it's also relatable because it's like it's basically they're saying it's a daydream Mm -hmm. i have to say though i always love whenever i watch the series and it i cry uh, like bawling when paula at the end when paula goes into rebecca's mindscape (laughs) yeah 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 and they 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 sing the final reprise of west covina there Mm -hmm. i'm like oh god it's it's love and I didn't mean for you to be on this episode, but like best friends, you know, <laughs> talking about this. But like, I don't know. I feel I, I kind of feel like we may have done stuff like this <laughs> in a way. Yeah, I would say so. But but like not men <laughs> not in, not go into each other's mental dreamscapes. I mean, I don't want you there. It's a scary place enough for me by myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i i don't even want to go there and i don't have a choice 
I don't. But the, the sentiment is real. That is true. Yeah, and I, I mean, I did have that in mind when I was watching it because I was like, oh fuck, mm. we're gonna, I'm gonna be talking about Lauren with this, and I'm gonna cry, mm. and I'm starting to cry right now because it's a beautiful mm. scene. It is. It's you know what it is is it's a nice. I'm gonna use because you were talking about punctuation earlier. It's a nice period at the end of this four season hoop de doo romperoo time, you know? It's maybe the first time we kind of get to see that the two of them experiencing peace, actual peace. Right. Whereas, you know, the, they, they haven't. If you look at the whole, like, you know, big the big arc of those two characters, they have moments, but it's deceptive. It's not tangible. And then in this one, like, in this one final moment, it kind of sinks in for them, which is great. It's very satisfying as an audience member, you know? Yeah. Like this season, I feel like it's also them rekindling their friendship. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah they've been through, they've been through some shit. The friendship was built on lies. I feel like A that, lot of them. I feel like that started like earlier in the season when they break Paula out of the hospital after having a heart attack. Yes, yes. To go take so she can um take her bar exam. Take the bar exam. A stressful test. <laughs> she just had a heart attack, but yeah, sure. Let's just wheel her out on the gurney. Why not? But it's like, it's like helping your friend out, basically. No, it is. Yeah. It is. She's breaking her out. Breaking her out of a hospital. <laughs> Which I don't know what the com. I, I think there's multiple le- levels of commentary there, where it's like. You, you know, you're rekindling the friendship as we talked about, but also it's like taking a stab at hospitals for being like, oh yeah, the doctor will see you in like five minutes. And then 17 hours later, the doctor finally yep. shows up. Yeah. And also it's a, an interesting kind of commentary on women's health specifically, because a lot of things, a lot of women go through misdiagnoses, um, whether it be for menopause or heart attack, actually are two of the most common because the symptoms vary so greatly from person to person. And I think Elizabeth Banks did a phenomenal commercial about five years ago. Um, the commercial is called Just a Little Heart Attack. And she goes through the symptoms that she's experiencing, but they're not what's typically associated with heart attacks. So it's interesting that Mrs. Hernandez is like, oh, I think you're going through menopause. You should probably see a doctor to be sure. And then she goes to the doctor and finds out, oh, no, 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 no. You got like a widow maker. We need to get you into the hospital as soon as possible. So, yeah. (laughs) Tangent. Um, I had a moment where I was like, that is, that's real. That is very real. I mean, I can't tell you how many friends of mine I know who have been misdiagnosed where it takes years before somebody finally says, oh, this is what's actually wrong with you. And we see it again with Rebecca, kind of the same thing. She's going through all this stuff and just under the radar the whole time. Last season uh, we had... Last season Sorry. we had a diagnosis, the song that she talks about, yes, about yes. the past therapists and everything. Uh-huh. So it's great that you you can talk about this because obviously I have different life experiences. Hello. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I to go back, do you sure. like actually like lo- like the show overall? 
I do. I really, like I said, I do think they try to cram a lot into a rather short timeline, but I like what the show did. I think to be really specific, I think what they did in terms of casting so many people were like, oh, my God, it's revolutionary. And I'm and there are people like me out there who are just like, well, that's just what the world looks like. Yeah. We're not all the same skin tone. Our bodies are all not the same. Nobody. People have different sexual identities and, and different gender preferences. And at the end of the day, I'm like, that's just reality. Why is that? It, it, it boggles my mind that it was like considered revolutionary initially. Um, and I mean, there are just, there are so many phenomenal cameos in over the course of the entire show. My personal favorite in this season um, is Peyton Oswalt doing the cringe song. <laughs> and I give them credit for that too, because they brought in some, some really wonderful people, um, over the course of the entire series. So I, yeah, I think it does, it, it does a great service to, um, women producers, women showrunners, women writers. Um, and then in turn, like, you know, just the way, even though, like you had said, it is broad strokes a lot of the time. Um, I just think it does, that the good that it does exceeds the bad. Yes, does that make it, sense? Yes. I mean, the other revolutionary things that it did was like, it talked about mental health, which is why mm-hmm. we're doing it. Why we're doing this? While we're here. Yeah. yeah. It it also took a like forceful feminist stance with a lot of the things, yes. and also a teaching tool. So like, I mean, even though it's it's a funny cutaway sometimes, uh, she wants to te- she wants to teach about like female anatomy because some people mm-hmm. still don't know about it. Yep. Um, I mean, also a comedic over the top yet realistic approach to like what women go through on the daily yeah yeah and i would also add the fact that it's a musical series yes i mean yes okay we had glee right so i would say glee kick-started this whole phenomenon in the last 20 years we'll say mm-hmm. um because when i look at when i think about all the other shows that have been produced at least in this country that I'm aware of, there isn't music will sometimes happen, but it's incidental. Whereas this situation, it's original songs that forward character development and or plot. And I think that that is also what made what makes it super special and why a lot of, um, a lot of networks originally didn't want to touch it. You know, like CW basically took a gamble on the show. Yes, I have read recently um, Rachel Bloom's uh, autobiography called I Want to Be Where the Normal People Are. And she talks about this. It's like one of the last chapters in the book. And she talks about how, you know, they were coming up with this show and how initially nobody wanted it or they wanted the show, but they didn't want her as the star you know, I mean, but this is not unheard of in Hollywood. Um, right. Nia Villardos went through it with uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Same exact thing, where they're like, well, we kind of want this movie, but we don't really want you. Or they would, they, they didn't want any of it, you know? So CW basically took a chance. And I think that that, that also kind of helped 
give them the opportunity to reinvent themselves a little bit as a network. Because after that, they started producing really great shows, one right after the other. So, right, Riverdale being one of them. You're correct. Yes, one of your other favorites. <laughs> Another favorite of the podcast, of course. And, you know, Adam Schlesinger, may he rest in peace, like, the, I, it, it, it like boggles my mind because we know him from our generation of Stacey's mom. Stacey's mom has got it Oh, on. that's right. Yes, Fountains of Wayne, right? And he wrote almost all the songs for this whole series. And it's wild for me to think about, like, I'm so sorry, your talent was wasted on Stacey's mom, but I guess let put you on the map, so maybe it's not that bad. I don't, I don't know. And I mean, I don't know where I'm going with this anymore. The train is gone. I'm laying track. You, you've made a lot of great points, though. Like, this, this show was a gamble, because, uh-huh. like, unlike Glee which we'll probably we'll talk more in the next episode about the songs but like the songs that they're parodies or they are riffs off of other genres or artists but it's all original so like you had to go on faith that like people will will sing you know antidepressants are so not a big deal or true i mean i was singing for years i have friends from season one because Rachel Bloom released the whole, all the songs from season one. She just put them on her website, all the sheet music. She's like, I don't want to deal with any of the big publishing companies. These are my songs. Here you go. And so I downloaded the entire first season of songs. Damn. I have all the sheet music for me. Yeah, because that was her way. Her way of being like, you know, screw you. I'm doing whatever I want. She's like, I get it. I was in the same boat as you once upon a time. I want, I want you to be able to do your one person cabaret and sing you know um a diagnosis i assuming mm-hmm. that's available or oh, yeah i think all, i'm pretty sure all the songs are now yeah yeah but you Don't you know what me. i mean like the like the ones that people gravitate towards throughout the whole season um or series i should say I mean, Sexy Getting Reading's Ready song from season one. I also enjoy from this season on the various, the Pussycat songs is what I call them. Um, when she's going through like bacterial vaginosis and all that. I'm like, this is that. Takes that song by Tom Jones, What's New Pussycat? And just puts it on like a totally different level. <laughs> that's but- for you, dad. That one, that joke's for you. If you're listening. <laughs> But like I thoroughly enjoyed this uh, this show. I I I loved going back and rewatching it. I know we're probably yeah. we're not really talking about the series anymore, but like I mean, we could delve more into being like, yeah, Daryl has Habeka. What the fuck? But <laughs> uh, and like you know, but I feel like the show this season at least we said that it's gets a little more grounded and like the now they're just people living their lives Mm -hmm. yes yes we see in the last episode like over the course of a year what some people are doing with their lives but like you gotta just keep going and you know you gotta just keep on keeping on Mm -hmm. i mean maybe that's actually the real message of the series is just like you know what it, it all goes on and like I, I love that they also talked about like finding your tribe without actually saying it, and like you know the surrogate mother trope that Paula plays. 
this the show was great and like again i can't really think of anything prior to this show that does all of this there are ones that do some but not all of it so this the show is very like you know special for a lot of people and i understand why I wouldn't say I'm a diehard fan. I'm just, I'm like a big fan of the series. Agreed. Agreed. I, I enjoyed it. And I think because I myself was going through some stuff when the show was on the air, I took breaks from it because I was like, oh, this is heading out. I'm too close to home. Right. And now it's me here. Television show over there. I will come back to you, but just not right now. And I do that with series occasionally. And it's it's never it's it's never an insult, frankly, to the people who are working on it and writing it and all that. It really is just like the ability to know when to take a step back, I think is also an important takeaway from the series, especially from this season. And we see it. Each of those characters at one point or another does take a step back from their current circumstances to go, what am I doing here? And I, I loved the journey that we go on as the series. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, binging it the way I did to do all these recordings, I probably won't do that again because yeah, no. it was there. It was rough, and like I, I've, I, I like you have seen it before, but there are things that I forgot, things that I was just like, mm-hmm. oh fuck, that's this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't like, you know, watch 10 episodes in a day unless you lo- unless you want to, but like depends on the season too because like this season was a little lighter compared to last season. Where last I would even say it's 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 the lightest of the lot. Maybe yeah. season 1 and that can kind of like could go either way, but I would say that they're the lighter, the bookends. Well, yeah, I mean yeah, and like the the growth of everyone. Mm. I mean, even behind the camera, like yeah. they they um, played more with uh, with storytelling. They played with like you know the music video ness of it all. Um, yeah, yeah, they got they got a chance to grow and to work together. And honestly, I feel like all these people like you know would get have like a family reunion of sorts every so often if they could mm-hmm. you know, depending on schedules and everything because like because sure, sure. like they they seem to get along <laughs> from what i've you could tell what they I've had seen. fun you know and i know that that's not the most important thing but for me as a performer as a writer it's you want your people you want to make work enjoyable Yes. You know, it's very easy for work to be work, right? Um, but if we can yeah. do things, we have things within our power that we can do to make it less so. I mean, that's part of the reason I think some people take on certain scripts in Hollywood because they're like, well, I just want to basically just fuck around with my friends for a couple of months. We don't ever get to see each other, but we can be in this movie together. Okay, maybe it's not the best movie ever, but hey, I get to hang out with my friends. Like, I'm 90% sure that's why Meryl, not Meryl, oh my God, um, Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu took on Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Because <laughs> I had moments watching that, and I saw it with you, John, where I was like, 
I don't know why the two of them are here other than to make me really happy. But I just thought to myself, I'm like, they're just here to have a good time. Right. I'm like, like, they're taking a break from their usual shtick. And they're like, oh, I get to play a goddess, the child of a goddess, and hang out with, you know, my friends. Okay. Don't have to tell me twice. Yeah. Like, even even you mentioned Nia Verdalis. She's in this. She's in this. <laughs> yes. Season. Yes. That's right. She plays one of the, um, one of Rebecca's old clients, right? Later on in the season. A, a new client who oh, is very headstrong and wants <laughs> this is, and it's the pivotal episode of when Rebecca decides to leave being a lawyer. Right. 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 <laughs> and like, you know, she probably was just like, yeah, I'll play a bitch for an <laughs> episode. What's up? Exactly. Well, same thing with Patty Lapone. She's like, oh, I get to hang out with Tova for a couple of days. Too. <laughs> oh my goodness, my Long Island sister. Of course, I'm gonna hang out with my sister. <laughs> I mean, um, Patton Oswalt as well. Yes. Seth Seth Green came on season yes. two. <laughs> I think I need to call it. I think we're done with this first episode of the two parter. Where... I didn't know this was two parts. What? So we'll be back next episode to talk more in depth about the music. But Lauren, what do you have to plug or promote right now? I don't know. <laughs> I'm working on some projects that I'm not allowed to talk about currently. So I guess just find me on Instagram. Get into a fight with me. I am bored. All my other Sanderson sisters get into fights with trolls online. And I don't because nobody cares about Mary Sanderson. So come online and fight me. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and... I don't know. <laughs> My brain is see you all um, in a couple of days. <laughs> and if you and if you thought we d- didn't talk about a plot point or whatever that was very important, you could email me at buttersongpod at gmail dot com. Also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. Uh, yeah, that's it. And obviously, we'll be back next episode to continue this conversation to talk more about the music. Uh. Thank you for listening to this and bye for now, everyone. Ciao, ciao. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. Crazy girlfriend.